Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, we're here in Manila, Philippines, enjoying this amazing city, this amazing country, amazing people, amazing food, and an amazing part of the world. And we're documenting all of the travels on our Daddy Blogger website, daddyblogger.com, for pictures, videos, blog posts, YouTube videos, and of course, a podcast series. And one of the things we love to do on our podcast is interview fellow parents, fellow Canadians, fellow entrepreneurs, and I have one on the show here today. And she's actually a friend of mine who I know personally from Vancouver, BC, Canada. She's come to some of my events I used to run there, and we stay in touch, obviously, through the power of social media. We're both super passionate about travel and parenting and, uh, you know, empowering the next generation and entrepreneurship, so definitely a lot of common interests. And uh, on today's show, uh, Sarah is joining us from just outside of Vancouver in an area called Roberts Creek, Sunshine Coast, really beautiful part of British Columbia. Highly recommend you go and visit there. And we're going to be talking all about positive discipline for family travel. And uh, it's a great topic because I have three kids. And man, is it stressful with the sibling rivalry, the toddler tantrum, and you know the long bus rides, long flights. So I'm super excited to get Sarah's insight into this important topic. So Sarah, how are you doing over there in beautiful Sunshine Coast today? Hi, Ricky. Great to be here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. And thank, I'm doing good. Yeah. Thank you for being on, Sarah. Why don't we get to know you a little bit better if you want to share a little bit of your background and uh, a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Well, first, I'm a mom of two. I have a son and a daughter. My son is nine and my daughter is six. Um, we... We haven't done too much traveling since we had kids. We took them to Mexico this year. That was fun and exciting. Um, but before that, we did, um, my husband and I lived in Dubai for a year and traveled around from there a bit. So hit up some cool places like uh, the Maldives and Oman and Vietnam and Cambodia. I think Vietnam's probably my favorite. Been to Morocco as well. Um, I'm, I have a background in social work and I've been working with families for about 10 years now. I run my own business doing parent education and support. I love developing um, parent education curriculum. So I develop programs for parents and then deliver them either online or in person. Um, I had, I did a, a dad's matter group this year that was really successful and really exciting. <laughs> Got some inspiration from even your blog. Um, and a, our, a little group of dads decided to branch out and start their own group, peer support group. So I'm really excited about that and having that happening on the coast now. Um, I'm also a family therapist, so I see mostly couples, but so I do some children's counseling. Um, and some full family counseling as well. Um, and last but not least, I'm a bit obsessed with essential oils. So um, if you, um, you know, I'm always rolling something on me, <laughs> smelling good. Sounds great, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your background. One of the things I love to do on the show is you not only find out what people do, like you mentioned, counseling, education, essential oils, but not only what you do, but why you do it. I'd love to hear a little bit of the backstory of why did you get so passionate about not just being a parent, 
but actually educating parents, equipping them, supporting them, teaching them about discipline. Tell us about the why behind what you do. Yeah, um, you know, I started doing um, parent education classes when I was doing my practicum in social work. Um, and somebody asked me to develop a program for parents of spirited children. And so I developed that. And as I was developing it, I was super fascinated by all of the information I was finding. And then when I started delivering the program, I realized I was giving all of these examples from my own life and my own child. And I went, oh my gosh, I think I have a spirited child. <laughs> Um, and having the information just empowered me so much that I felt like I understood my child more. I felt more confident as a parent. I felt more um, like I had tools and resources that I could turn to when we had challenging moments. And I just, I felt really passionate about sharing that, those feelings with other parents. I want to, I want to empower families. I want them to have, um, deep connections and and feel feel confident and empowered within their their family unit so that when struggles come up they know that they have each other to lean on yeah definitely uh very encouraging and you know uh, obviously uh families you're gonna have conflict you know me and my wife we have conflict we're fighting it's very normal and you you see the divorce rate is like 50 percent plus <laughs> And that conflict, unfortunately, can have a ripple effect and people stop communicating and uh, hold those grudges and un unforgiveness. It can definitely get worse and uh, it affects the entire family unit. So what you're doing is obviously very, 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 very important for the family unit, for society, for the next generation, for kids' health. Uh, so, you know, I just wanted to commend you on what the work you're doing. Uh, so in terms of like, um, I'd love to cover both kind of like the three sides of a family, right? You got the, the marital bond, you got the, the parent kids, and then you got the family unit. So in terms of the marital unit, I, I really believe that's the essence of the family. If you have a healthy marriage, you can have healthy kids and uh, the healthy family unit. So what are your top, top, top tips for being in a healthy couple relationship? Ah, I completely agree. Um, the happy couple relationship is kind of like the foundation of your family, right? And when you are, are, are doing well, then your children feel that and they are more likely to thrive um, instead of just try to get by and survive, right? Um, I'm also Gottman trained and I don't know if you know much about Gottman's rela relationship um, research, but it's pretty amazing, the information that he's come up with. Um, and one of the things that always struck me is uh, he did a, he did a, um, a study where he took children's um, urine samples and tested the level of stress hormones in those urine samples. And he said that um, you could tell whether the parents were arguing or not, not based on their um, the forms they filled out, but based on the level of, of stress hormones in the kids' urine samples, that they that up to 48 after, hours after parents were arguing in front of kids, they had stress hormones in their urine samples, which I found fascinating. Um, but his research also shows that when couples are doing well, that um, that children do amazing. They, they do better in peer relationships. They do better academically. 
they start, the babies cry less. They are attached to dads more. Um, dads are more involved, that women have less postpartum depression, that the family um, is more successful and more satisfied uh, overall, and the divorce rates obviously decrease. Um, so I think top tips for um, happy couples is really, um, you know, seeing each other as equals, right? Like dignity and respect, you know, um, and, and giving each other some grace and compassion. I think that we often get caught up in, in doing, doing the mundane, monotonous stuff that we have to do as parents, um, as, you know, in running our families. And sometimes we get caught up in that and forget about why we fell in love in the first place. Um, or, you know, putting, putting our relationship on the front burner instead of the back burner of the oven. Um, of our life, and so just the just the small things like meeting our greetings with each other. You know, like well, <laughs> when was the last time you greeted your wife? Like you hadn't seen her in three months, and you missed her terribly. Right? Is it? Do you just walk past her and be like, "Hey, how was your day?" Or do you stop and embrace her and say, "Oh, it's so good to see you after being away from you all day." right? And give her a long kiss. <laughs> so it's the, I think it's the small things that really make a difference in relationships. Man, guilty, 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 Sarah. I got to embrace my wife and give her the passionate puck on the lips. So thank you <laughs> for challenging me on that. Uh, you know, my wife always says, Ricky, you got to treat me like how you treated me when you're dating, you know, like uh, when I'm dating, when I'm courting, pursuing, you know, we do a lot more for our wives or girlfriends, uh, you know, in terms of the flowers, the chocolates, the dates, the romance. And, you know, uh, I think a lot of times when you get married, you take uh, each other for granted, not just the husband for wife, but also the wife for the husband. And, uh, you, you, you know, what, what you're saying is definitely totally accurate. You know, the, definitely the flowers and the chocolates. Uh, it's not the expensive jewelry or, uh, you know, like uh, luxury. Sometimes it's the really small notes, love notes or texts, right? Those kind of things. So, yeah, uh, definitely some great, great, great advice. Uh, so let's move on to kind of the, the, the second area about the parent-child relationship, right? Um, so, yeah. you know, as moms, as dads, we want to be the best parents we can be. Um, but of course we're busy working, we got to figure out the work-life balance uh, side of things and keep maintain a sanity while managing the multiple responsibilities of being a parent. So what would you say are your advice, suggestions, recommendations on how we can be the best moms, the best dads possible? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it comes down to the same thing as having the best couple relationship, right? horizontal relationships everybody wants to feel dignity and respect no matter how old they are that is part of our human makeup we want to feel like whoever we're talking to is providing us with dignity and respect um, and when we feel like, like somebody is talking down to us then there is a gap in our relationship and that creates that creates conflict in in how we respond so if you think about it like this, you want to have dignity and respect always um, as a human being. And when somebody tells you what to do, then you have the choice of do I 
keep my dignity and respect and not do what they say to do. Like, for instance, do my homework, right? My mom says, do your homework. And I decide, do I keep my dignity and respect and not do my homework? Or do I do my homework and lose my dignity and respect? So if I keep my dignity and respect by not doing my homework, then I may have to face the consequences of my mom being upset with me, my teacher getting upset with me, but at least I have my dignity and respect, right? So I think we often put kids into this position where they have to choose between keeping their dignity and respect and you know, doing what we're asking them, like maybe obeying, obeying us. I don't like to use the word obeying because you know, I think maybe even we don't want dogs to obey us, really. <laughs> Maybe just pets to obey us, not children, right? <laughs> but I think, I think really what it comes down to is connection. And so when we pay attention to our kids, and I mean, like, look up from our screen and look them in the eye and, and give them the respect of listening to what they're saying and responding to them, then they will do the same for us, right? And sometimes we don't, it doesn't take a lot to create that connection. Um, you know, for, for young kids setting aside like 10 minutes a day of uninterrupted one-on-one -on -one time means the world to them, right? I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day and <laughs> you were talking about how all, all kids really want is your time. And it's so true. It's so true. All they want is our time and our our focused attention on them, right? So we can see who they are um, and really enjoy them. Yes, I always say uh, this um, quote, love to kids is spelled T-I-M-E. And we're so guilty of technology and social media and our smartphones. And even when we go to their events like sporting events or karate, martial arts, ballet, and we're glued to our technology, we're doing them a disservice because they're looking up and they're looking for approval. Mommy's happy, daddy's happy that I scored the goal or I uh, did the ballet move or whatever, right? So it's really important and I'm guilty as well. I always admit that I'm guilty first of uh, you know, not putting down my phone quick enough, long enough and often enough. So guilty as charged and work in progress. Uh, so one of the areas that you specialize in is this whole area of positive discipline. Um, you know, a lot of people probably know what the term discipline means, and we can maybe imagine what positive discipline is, but maybe define the term first. Uh, what does that term mean to you, positive discipline? Sure. I think that, um, you know, discipline has got a bad rap. Uh, discipline, you know, I think most people think that discipline means to punish when really it means to teach. Um, and so positive discipline is just being proactive in teaching our children social and emotional skills for living a great life and being successful and being part of communities and, um, and, and understanding um, that they are they are uh, playing a significant role in the world, right? So positive discipline is really based on a few core beliefs that came from um, Adler, uh, and they came from like, a, you know, he, he was writing his books like 100 years ago. But now brain science is showing us that really all of the stuff that he was writing about was right on the mark. Um, 
he talks about how how we're all hardwired to connect and we know that now from from the brain science that really we're born hardwired to connect with others um, and that that drives our behavior so the idea that behavior is purposeful we all have this one goal and our goal behind all our behavior is to reach this this goal of feeling significance and belonging so belonging means to connect that sense of connection with people and significant means meaning i i serve a meaning in this world if i wasn't here people would miss me right and so what what um what he taught was that when when we have misbehavior it's really a form of a mistaken belief about how to to reach that goal of significance and belonging so positive discipline was created by um jane Jane Nielsen um, in, in the 70s <laughs> and has been around for a long time, but it's growing. It's in 60 countries now. Um, and I just attended the, the conference this year. It was held in San Diego uh, at the beginning of July, and there was um, trainers from 20 different company, countries represented there. So it was pretty amazing to listen to how uh, how positive discipline is is being used world around the world to really create more peace and um, hope in the world and more more of those horizontal relationships right where we're keeping everybody's dignity and respect intact yeah and speaking of around the world of course when you're traveling you need discipline because uh, you're taking flights you're taking buses <laughs> uh, you're in shopping malls or you you're going to have discipline problems or tantrums or sibling rivalry, no matter where you are in the world. But of course, when you're traveling, there's added stress of different cultures, different languages, um, you know, trying to figure out where to go in terms of the maps and uh, navigation and also yeah. tell us about what are your top tips for discipline while, while traveling while on the road. Okay. So I think one of the biggest tips that I always tell parents, um, Oh, are you still talking? You muted yourself and then it, I couldn't see. Anyways. Okay, one of my biggest tips for, that I always um, tell parents is about, about how the brain works. And basically there is a part in our brain that's called the amygdala. And when I'm talking with little kids, I like to call it the guard dog. And when the guard dog is basically the part of your brain that takes everything in and decides if it's safe or unsafe. Um, and if it decides that it's safe, then everything's fine. But if it decides that it's unsafe, the guard dog will start barking and will scare off the prefrontal cortex, or what I like to call the wise old owl. So when the guard dog starts barking, the wise old owl flies away. The wise old owl is a part of us that helps us with impulse control, with logic, reasoning, language, planning, um, helping us solve problems. And so when the guard dog is barking and the wise old owl flies away, we lose access to all those, those parts of our brain. Now for little kids, the prefrontal cortex isn't even fully developed yet. So when they lose their wise old owl, uh, they're real, it's really like primitive, right? Like you're going caveman style here because they're, they've got nothing. They're offline completely. So 
what can be really helpful is to connect with them. When we connect, we're able to soothe the guard dog down and help him stop barking so the wise old owl can come back. So the saying goes, connect before you correct a behavior. That way, you can actually teach the lesson because when your wise old owl is gone, you can't take any, any information. So there's no point in trying to correct a behavior or teach a lesson when your child is in that state of tantrum or upset. The best thing to do is help soothe them and get them calmed down. Now we have, I don't know if this is the same in other places around the world, maybe you can enlighten us, but I know in North America, we have a myth in our society that children learn to self-soothe by being left alone to cry it out. And that's just not the case. The fact is that children learn how to self-soothe by us soothing them. So when we're able to soothe them and calm them down, then they learn how to do that for themselves eventually. So number one tip is connect before you correct. Number two tip. <laughs> yes, yes, go for number two, go for number two. Number two tip is validate feelings. Dan, Dan, Dan Siegel, he says, name it to tame it. And I love that because basically what you're doing is not only are you helping the brain to connect so that you can calm down, but you're also teaching children feelings words. So a good emotional vocabulary is really helpful for emotional intelligence. And science is now showing that emotional intelligence or e um, EI, emotional intelligence, is more important than your IQ in in terms of being successful and happy as an adult. So positive discipline is full of social and emotional skills and tools that we use to teach kids how to cope with feelings and how to self-regulate. Um, and one of the tools is validating feelings. So often in my classes, I'll do a little skit where we play, I play, a wife that's just come home <laughs> to their husband. And I say to the, my husband, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe what my friend did. We got into this big argument and she called me the B word and she told me that I was talking behind her back and she doesn't want to be friends with me anymore. Can you believe it, Ricky? <laughs> and what would you say to your wife? She said honey, that. Honey, uh, tell me more. Ah, okay. So, what if you said to her, ah, you guys will be fine, and walked away? It's putting up a block. <laughs> and what would, how would she respond to that? Would she, she would calm down? Angrier. She would get even angrier than she was when she walked in. Yes. Why? Why is she going to get angrier? Well, of course, she feels ignored. She feels I don't care. Uh, she feels unloved. She feels unlistened to. So a lot of reasons. Yeah, you don't understand how important this is to her. So she has to take it up a few notches so you'll get it, right? And so now let's change it and think about our kids and it's dinner time and you sit down and you serve your child the purple cup, but they want the pink cup. And have a complete tantrum. Have you ever been in that situation? 
It probably happens. And so now you see your child is just a cop (laughs) a few times a week. Yeah. So now you see your child is just a cop. Don't worry about it. You can have the purple one tomorrow. Right. And what happens? Your child has to take it up a few notches, right? Because you don't get it. You don't understand how important this purple cup is to them or the pink cup is to them, right? So they're going to take it up. But if you validate their feelings, then they'll start calming down. And you don't have to give them what they were wanting. You don't have to give in and say, here's the pink cup. No, but you have to say something like, Oh, you're really disappointed. You wanted the pink cup tonight, huh? Right? And then we're naming it to tame it. We're connecting before correcting, and they're going to calm down. Those examples are rock solid. Man, I'm going to practice those. You know, my kids, uh, I have three, right? And they always fight about everything. When you give them a different size, uh, whatever, when you give them a different uh, thing, and one, per, one kid likes the one thing that the boy got, and the other two are fighting because they want the exact same thing. So instead of just saying, like, uh, you know, like you said, kind of shutting them down and say, that's yours, saying, oh, I really understand yeah. that you wanted that toy. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, there was only one of those. Uh, next time, let us know which one you want. And if you want, we'll get the exact same toy for all three of you, right? So, yeah, I really love your advice here about connecting before correcting, uh, you know, validating their feelings, empowering them, aiming to tame, you know, some great, great, mm-hmm. great, great, great advice here. Uh, so uh, we've covered, uh, you know, obviously the marital bond. We've covered a lot of uh, tips for discipline your kids. And, of course, I want to cover the third main area, which is the family unit. Uh, you know, if uh, if one piece of those things we talked about is unhealthy, the family unit is going to be unhealthy too. Uh, so do you have any tips to create that unity, that harmony, that connection as an entire family? Yeah, um, having family meetings is a great way to create that unity. Um, and positive discipline has a very structured way of, of having family meetings. So family meetings um, and you know your kids are a bit young but you can they can really start participating at about the age four where they have some really good ideas um, and are able to solve problems like have some really creative ideas for solving problems but before that you can start getting them involved in other ways Um, and um, you know, just involving, involving children in making decisions and um, helping solve problems creates a lot of um, empowerment within them and it invites them to discover how capable they, capable they are and encourages them to use their, their personal power constructively. So for family meetings, what we normally do in our family is we sit down once a week um, and around the dinner table, we usually do it on Sunday evenings um, at dinner, and we start with providing each other compliments or appreciations. So each person takes a turn giving a compliment or an appreciation to every other member of the family, and that's our time to connect, right? To really recognize each other and feel that connection. Um, and then we talk about what chores or things that need to get done that week, and we decide who's going to do what or how we can support each other in getting things done. We might talk about whatever problems we're having. So if there's any challenges coming up in the household, like sibling fighting or things not getting put away or people not picking up after themselves, um, then we could bring up that 
um, issue, that topic, and instead of talking about it as in you did this wrong and what are you going to do better, we talk about it as a, a family challenge and we focus on solutions. So we brainstorm solutions and everybody's voice gets to be heard. We often use a talking stick so everybody has an opportunity to talk um, and have their, their uh, ideas tabled. And then we decide um, as a family which, which um, solution we want to try for the week. And then we'll put it into practice and we'll review it at the next family meeting to see how it went for the week. And then the last part of the family meeting is we plan family fun. So this is where we get to plan our family vacations together, we get to plan our weekly outing together, and then we usually end with dessert and a board game or some sort of fun activity we can do together. So the family meeting needs to be short and sweet because kids' attention spans are not gonna sit there for an hour. It's not like a board meeting. <laughs> we do run it efficiently like a board meeting. We take minutes. Um, there is a chairperson. We let everybody in the family have, a, have an opportunity to chair a, a family meeting. Um, and somebody does be the scribe and writes down our family minutes so we can t keep track of what our solutions are um, and what our plans are. Um, but we like to keep it to about 15 minutes. So it needs to be needs to be fast <laughs> where do they keep them engaged but it's a great way to keep um, children feeling like they um, they are reaching that that goal of significance and belonging and that um, they have that horizontal relationship of feeling that their dignity and respect and feeling valued in the family and um, capable of of helping the family solve challenges you know what I want to do, Sarah? I want to come over to your house and observe how your family functions together because it's quite brilliant, you know, what you're saying. Family meetings, taking notes, you know, <laughs> the way you're interacting with your husband, the, the parent-child relationship. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have conflict too, right? So uh, tell us about also some of the challenges you, you guys oh, are God, yeah. the family. You don't have challenges? What, what's going on? You guys are the perfect family. No, uh, what, what no, no. We yeah, yeah, tell us a little bit about your personal stories or how you've created, cultivated a you know, healthy marriage, healthy kids for yourself. I know we've talked a lot about the kind of the, the tips, the practical tips, but I'd love to hear from like some, a case study in your own life of what you've shifted to create an amazing family yourself. Yeah, um, so one of the challenges that I know a lot of parents have that I had with my my daughter was she was constantly interrupting me right I'll be talking to a friend and she was mummy 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 I was talking trying to have a conversation with my husband and she's mummy 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 trying to talk to her brother almost impossible she would come and sit in front of me and him so that like she was in between us I couldn't really even talk to him so what we decided to do was come up with a silent signal so it's like our secret code so that she would know um, how to get my attention without having to interrupt me. So what we came up with was that she would, she would come up when I was talking to somebody else if she wanted my attention and she would squeeze my arm and that would let me know that she needed me. And then I would squeeze her arm back to let her know that I understood she needed me and I'd be with her in a reasonable amount of time. And then when there was a pause in the conversation, like a natural pause, I'd be able to turn to her and say, Zola, thank you for waiting. What, what, what do you need? Right? 
And that worked brilliantly. I can't believe how well that worked. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was going to be solve that problem because, you know, the interrupting, it's, it's a habit. It's hard to break and it's hard to get them to, um, uh, to, to, you know, to have patience to wait um, when they're young like that. Right. But it, it works. It worked really well. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for sharing that one. And another great thing, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually watch and listen to this interview again and implement it. I'm actually gonna watch it with my wife too because what you have provided has been super super valuable just for me as the host. Uh, I'm listening and I'm totally in agreement with so much of what you're saying. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners and viewers are gonna implement um, uh, these practices and applications in their own lives, in their own families, in their own marriages, in their own parenting. Uh, so if they wanted support, obviously they can reach out to you and maybe. Uh, do some coaching, some consulting about a specific problem area, and you'll be able to provide some guidance and uh, help and suggestions. How can they reach out and what kind of services do you offer? Yeah, of course. Um, they can reach out to me. Uh, my email is connect at sarahjoseph.ca and my, um, my website, which is going to be redone soon, but is still functioning now, is sarahjoseph.ca. And I do offer... Um, parent education classes online and in person and then I also do one-on-one -on -one support or coaching um, for that as well either online you know via zoom or or some other video chat Skype or um, or on the telephone if that's the only way that we can get together but I prefer I prefer the video it's nice to see people's faces <laughs> um, I, yeah yeah, so there you go, sarahjoseph.ca, easy peasy, and I'll have the links below on YouTube and, also, of course, on iTunes and other podcast directories, sarahjoseph.ca. Make sure you check out her resources, and if you are in a point of struggle in any area, we all have some kind of struggles, financial, health, relational, right? So if you're struggling in any of those areas, Sarah will be happy to help support you. Uh, so, Sarah, it's great to connect. I was uh, super impressed by all of your wisdom and insights and expertise in this area. Uh, so, thank you for sharing with me and for all of our listeners and viewers here today. Yes, thank you for having me. It was really fun to talk. It was a lot of fun. And uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. Uh, definitely a very inspiring one. Uh, make sure you watch it again or listen to it again. Make sure if you're just listening or watching alone, uh, you know, bring, bring your partner along, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your, your spouse, uh, your husband, your wife, maybe even your kids if they're a little bit older and mature enough to understand. Watch it together as a family, right? Uh, listen to it together on, uh, on, in the, on the car ride, on your road trip. Uh, you know, it will definitely help your family become stronger. And make sure you follow us all along as well. I have a special passion just for dads. If you're a dad who's struggling, I'm here for you. Uh, so you can connect with me at daddyblogger.com. And we'll catch up with you guys on the next episode.